Hello, cocktail lovers. Welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk, the show brought to you by the 52 Martinis Guide to Paris Cocktail Bars. I'm Force Collins, and I'm here to talk to you about the trends and traditions of drinking in France. So this month, we are kind of celebrating spirits from another country and um, and their appearance here in France. We're going to be talking about Japanese spirits, which to me, I see them, I have over the past years been seeing them gain more visibility in France. Uh, I think in the past there's been, there has been, I've been aware of a, a sake salon. Um, many years ago, I went to a restaurant where there was sort of a sake and dinner pairing, but now more and more, I am seeing them really become visible in France. So I've got two of my friends from the cocktail world in the studio with us today um, th that are going to help me explore this and, and how maybe uh, these Japanese spirits are, are kind of interacting with the French drinking public and, and maybe even the two, you know, are coming together, the two cultures are coming together to create something more interesting than the sum of their parts. Um, so I have um, Eric Fossard of Liquid Liquid and Didier Gorbonzade of La Maison du Whisky with me today. So welcome, guys. Thanks for coming in. Hey, Forrest. Hi, Forrest. Hi. So first of all, maybe um, Didier, could you, I think that a lot of people, when they think about, um, when they think about Japanese spirits, they think about sake. Could you just give the listeners a little bit of a, a rundown on, and when we say, on what, when we say Japanese spirits, what we might need beyond sake and even what is sake? Yeah, I mean, of course, um, in France, we've got this long history of the word sake and, um, you know, started from the international exhibits a long time ago that the first sakes were introduced to France. Um, unfortunately, not a, lot, not a lot of people actually tasted proper sake. And um, for a long time, actually, you mentioned Japanese spirits. Sake, what we call sake, is not actually a spirit. It's a fermented product, more like wine or beer. Um, and so, unfortunately, in France, for a long time, the only exposure people actually had to, to the word sake was some kind of really high alcohol spirit uh, that, that was served at the end of a meal in Chinese restaurants or things like that. And it wasn't actual proper sake. So now it's been about maybe 15, 20 years that um, kind of Japanese culture as a whole has been kind of going up in, um, in France and, um, you know, gastronomy and all that. Um, and travel as well, people going to Japan and actually experiencing sake firsthand. And so there, there's been, like you said, you know, this uh, kind of trend of sake proper sake coming out and people are now discovering this actually very light, delicate um, you know, alcohol, which is not spirits. Uh, usually it's around 15% alcohol. Um, so now I guess we're starting to get into, into sake. And the next wave that I'm kind of seeing coming is the, you mentioned other Japanese spirits. And as far as actual spirits, distilled spirits, there is a, another category called shochu. And this is something that wasn't present at all practically in France for a long time. And we, we, even at Lemon's Whiskey, we had a couple on the uh, catalog, but it wasn't something that there was a demand for. And uh, for the past couple of years, it's been kind of a, a lot of noise around the shochu category, which is the, the Japanese distilled spirits. Um, and so, yeah, it's um, actually, I think in the, that might be the next wave as far as Japanese spirits. Of course, they also produce whiskey and there's kind of a boom in gin, Japanese gins. Particularly. But uh, as far as the traditional, you know, alcohols, you have the sake and shochu. Uh, yeah, um, I'm very excited to see more shochu coming in because I don't have a lot of experience with it. But what I've tried so far, I'm really enjoying. So I, I'm, I'm glad to see that that might be a new wave. Um, 
and I, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like this visibility on Japanese spirits in Paris seems to be increasing. Do, do either of you kind of have a, a gauge on that or a feeling? Does it seem like the French public is getting more interested or are we just getting more interested in talking about it more? Um, I, 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 what's your take? I think we, we are seeing more and more Japanese product around us uh, for a reason that they are more present for sure. Uh, we are most likely uh, more aware and more willing to try new uh, product from Japan. As Didier was saying, definitely sake was probably the first encounter we had in terms of alcoholic beverage coming from Japan. Uh, most likely uh, whiskey was uh, probably the second one we were aware of because uh, Japanese whiskey became uh, extremely famous on uh, uh, something special that people wanted to test and uh, it was representing the, the excellence and uh, the reach of perfection Japanese uh, culture can, can be seen on our side. So now you can see more and more new product coming. Shoshu is definitely a new category which we, we're starting to discover. Uh, even when uh, you think that it's probably the oldest category coming uh, produced in, in Japan in terms of alcohol, but for us it's fairly new. And the diversity of this category allow a lot of uh, professional, but even consumer, to test different uh, territory. So we are seeing it more and more around us for sure. Yeah, well, I think, you know, and I have to say it's thanks to you, um, Eric, and the team, the Liquid Liquid team, that I have had some experience with the shochu. We've done some tastings and recently at the at the um, Japanese spirit dinner pairing, um, we had some great shochu. And just so the listeners know that that dinner was uh, really to talk about an upcoming salon here in Paris that's happening in mid-March. So just really very soon after you'll be hearing this, this podcast come out for the first time, the Spirits of Japan Salon. So um, Eric, can you tell us a little bit about, about the salon that you're organizing and um, what the inspiration was behind it and maybe what the public can expect? Sure. Uh, initially, uh, and we're talking back now uh, more than three years ago, we had uh, the intention and uh, the, the will to invite a producer from Japan to come to a show we, we, we do for a professional called Cocktail Spirit, where uh, we wanted to have a focus on uh, Japanese uh, uh, liquid uh, in large. So... Uh, uh, distilled, fermented, but even we, uh, with no alcohol. Uh, because we thought that uh, already three years ago, we could see that it was a trend and people were really curious of, of uh, discovering new uh, liquid product from Japan into the professional circle we are uh, gathering into our show. And there are mainly bartenders, sommeliers, and um, uh, people uh, walking into a liquor store. But uh, obviously we couldn't do that. We, we, we did uh, a trip to Japan. We went and visited this theory. We actually uh, edited uh, a book 
about this uh, this trip called uh, Liquid World Book, Japan Liquid World Book, and uh, we were uh, really sad to not be able to invite those producers to our show because the show was cancelled due to COVID reason. Um, uh, nevertheless, we always wanted to uh, keep uh, the the event uh, alive somehow, and decided to do it aside as a dedicated um, uh, event, only focusing on a Japanese uh, product. And that's how uh, Spirit of Japan uh, was actually created, because we wanted to really do something uh, around the culture, uh, the liquid culture of uh, uh, Japan. And uh, on top of that, when we were really uh, building the event, we realized that not only it was going to be a one-off, but it was going to be a, a year a meeting when uh, we will be doing this show every year in Paris. Uh, we could see that uh, people are really curious and they want to discover a new uh, producer uh, across every category. So that's how it started. Well, I'm very excited that it's starting. And for the listeners, I will put links in the show notes um, to the to the show so you can find out more about it. And hopefully you can join if you're in Paris or, you know, come to Paris next year when they do one. Uh, now, also, Didier, um, La Maison de Whiskey has a connection with sake. I know that you guys have always had um, uh, Japanese spirits in your shops and you now have sort of a new project. And I'm going to let you explain it because I'm calling it, I was calling it the Maison de Sake and it's not officially that. So can you tell the listeners a little bit more about it, please? Yeah, I mean, um, most people associate La Maison de Whiskey with uh, Japan because, of course, we were one of the first to bring Japanese whiskeys. And uh, we always have indeed uh, carried a lot of sakes. And so um, it's, uh, I think it was in 2017 or 18, um, Yulin Lee opened La Maison du Sake over in the second arrondissement. And um, we had a, a whiskey bar underneath in the underground, the a whiskey bar for which is called Golden Promise. And there was a restaurant in the back. And now all of these kind of Places are combining into one address. So it's, we're calling it the 11 Rue Titan, 11 Rue Titan, which is the address. And it's actually now becoming our, our shop with about 650 spirits. Uh, it's a big Japan focus, of course, on the whiskeys, um, but also over 100 sakes. So it's kind of like a miserable whiskey, miserable sake collaboration. And uh, so you've got this one shop, and in the back, you still have got the Mr. Man starred restaurant, the ERH. Yeah. And uh, underground, you still have the whiskey bar, the Golden Promise whiskey bar. So I'm actually going to the opening party right after this interview. And uh, we, did a, we redid the whole front and it's really, really pretty. And so uh, we're gonna, we're expecting, uh, you know, people to have a nice reaction and they can find a lot of Japanese beers, but not only that, and there's also regular uh, whiskeys, gins, wines, beers, et cetera. Yeah, I stepped in there last week actually, um, and it's very nice. And I'm not going to the opening party tonight because I will be doing more interviews for the show. And so, um, and I want to get this prepped so we can get it out tomorrow. But um, I'll but have to take a socket for you. Please do, because I was really actually excited to go. It's just not in the cards for me. Um, so, it, it, I mean, it really sounds to me like these are very big, substantial. Um, engagements with the French public and, and Japanese spirits. And um, I, I, although I know that sake is not a spirit, but I'm going to roll that all in there for just ease of explanation. Um, 
Uh, how in general do, does, do you think that the French public accepts Japanese spirits? Maybe that's too broad of a question, but you know, it sounds like you are recognizing some curiosity. Are there some that they have more of an affinity for than others, or is it just this kind of open curiosity? Um, I can talk about maybe the whiskey. Um, mm -hmm. Japanese whiskey was kind of the first exposure um, to the Japanese spirits in a large sense, I'd say. Um, I was working with Nika whiskey for a long time, FNSM whiskey. And I guess for whiskey, because we already had this, um, you know, experience of drinking whiskey from Scotland or, or other countries, it wasn't such a huge step. You know, we were kind of in the same category. Of course, Japanese whiskey has a different style, but it wasn't a big departure, I guess, from what we already knew. Um, sake was, took a little more time because, first of all, we had, like I mentioned before, this kind of barrier of people thinking sake was something else. Um, but because it is close to wine, um, in some some styles, we kind of split in between the traditional styles and the modern styles, which are closer to wine. We drink it in the same glassware, chilled, um, and it's usually kind of fruity, floral characters. Um, people have been picking it up uh, quite quickly. Uh, shochu, which Eric maybe can talk more about, because he cared a lot about other tastings. Um, for me, I think it's, uh, it's going to be another hurdle, another step, um, because it's it's, it's distilled, but it's not as strong as whiskey. It's about usually 25, 35% alcohol. Uh, so it's kind of in between the two and um, it's very flavorful. Um, this is something that is distilled only once. So it carries a lot of the raw material flavors, which can be rice, but it can also be uh, barley. It can also be sweet potatoes, which are even more kind of pungent and very strong. Um, but I think um, it'll take a lot of education, but they are very, very interesting spirits that have a lot of character. So I, I kind of, I just, kind of like mezcal or some of these other categories that have a lot of character and flavor. It might take a little time, but once we get into it, it's really interesting. But I'll, I'll let Eric maybe comment on that. He's been doing a lot of things. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, uh, I really agree with you uh, as well uh, in terms of uh, whiskey and uh, and sake. I think us, the, the way we, we see it is, of course, we can sense now that the French got really their eyes on uh, a spirit coming from Japan. On the other hand, uh, we can see that the Japanese are really uh, close to uh, France as well. I think it's this connection between the two who makes this as the perfect match. Uh, if you look at uh, gastronomy, for example, uh, uh, the way Japanese are looking at uh, or gastronomy, uh, there is more and more chef, Japanese chef coming to France, walking into fine dining restaurants, even having Michelin star, doing pure and 100% uh, only traditional French food. Uh, they, 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 it seems like the Japanese got this attraction to France and the French are getting more and more attraction to Japan. Uh, those two things are happening at the same time, which is kind of nice because now those two cultures can mix in terms of like exchanging different flavor on different product. You're right with uh, Shoshu. Shoshu is definitely a, a category coming uh, as a new category because it's, it's, it's fairly recent for us in Europe, but not only in Europe, even in America, or in some, some region in, in Asia, where they started to really discover this category, which is extremely vast in terms of uh, differences of uh, flavor profile, 
as you were rightly saying, uh, Didier, uh, a lot to do with the fact that you can use a lot of different raw ingredients to make this, this spirit. Therefore, the, 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 the test will be extremely different from one to another uh, because it's only distilled once, obviously, uh, it's very punchy and, and you really get the full flavor of this raw ingredient. And because it's a large diversity of distillation process and maturation process as well, it makes this category extremely diverse. And when you, when you talk to bartenders and bartenders, when they discover this category and try and start playing with it in terms of cocktail offer, then you can see that the, the, the uh, possibility of creativity is extremely large because it's not narrowing down to a category which is like very uh, typical on with the same uh, structure. You can feel like uh, because of this diversity, you can really bring this category into a lot of direction coming up with some great cocktails. And actually it's, um... I think the French will, will come along and try all these different things, and but that diversity is a, it's a actually a positive thing. And actually, in our okay. in our range, yeah, in our range, we 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 um, we have some shochus. We have some traditional classic shochus at about twenty five percent alcohol. One from potato, one from um, barley, and one from rice uh, from from you know traditional small producers in Japan. But I, we also have another range which is interesting, um, which is actually. Similar to independent bottlers in Scotland with whiskey, meaning that it's uh, it's called 3S. Um, mm -hmm. And 3S is basically sourcing shochus and bottling shochus from a lot of those same distilleries, but from kind of small artisanal distilleries. And they're bottling them at a higher proof. So they're, they're about 40% alcohol in general. And some of them are actually aged in oak, um, in oak or other types of wood, actually. And so this might be a first way to, to have people kind of experience shochu with um, something that they're a little more familiar with, uh, you know, like a 40% ABV with uh, oak aging, you know, can be closer to whiskey or rum or something they already know. Um, and that's kind of the first step. But, um, but yeah, the idea is also to have them experience the traditional shochu, which is, you know, 25% alcohol and, um, and a bit, um, you know, more, uh, usually it's a clear spirit. In Japan, shochu is sold as a clear spirit. Yes, uh, at a lower ABV. Yeah. And I have to say, that was exactly what I was thinking of that three S uh, the aged one um, that we, that we, I did have uh, at the dinner on Tuesday that was in celebration of the spirits of Japan. And I've had it before and I really like it. And I was thinking exactly that, that I have a girlfriend in the U S who's a huge fan of Japanese whiskey. And I thought I'm going to have to get her a bottle of this because I think it might be an interesting <laughs> way to just kind of, you know, like explore, like expand people's, um, you know, spirits horizons and, and introduce take them that, to, to things. Yeah, take that first step, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, not, not that she's probably afraid to try. She's a friend of mine. I'm sure she's, she's willing to try any, any kind of new spirit. But yeah, I just thought it would be a great, a great kind of um, way to introduce somebody. So yeah, I think it's exactly as you were saying, Didier, uh, if you look at uh, other categories, it's the same thing as if you never test tequila, you're not going to go to a mezcal. So you need to walk your you palate step by step. So you need to go from something that you are a bit familiar and then move on to something which is obviously a lot more different, but uh, 
with a lot of flavor on uh, character and complexity. But to appreciate that, you need to you need to learn the basics. Now, um, try, kind of pushing again on this idea of the the affinity that, that you were mentioning, Eric, between the you know Japan being interested in France, France being interested in Japan. Are there any other kind of ways that that these two cultures are coming together um, to create something that's more interesting? So, for example, for me, it was very interesting when we had the um, the spirits and dinner pairing here because it was. Um, you know, French ingredients made with um, in, in Japanese style. So, for example, the the riz de veau that was cooked in the I forget how mm -hmm. it's said kage kage style, like Japanese style, yeah. kind of frying it, and then you know paired with with the Japanese spirit. So, to me, this brought a lot more to the table than just if I was okay. I'm just eating some French food or tasting this Japanese spirit. Are there other ways that either of you think that that it's really interesting to be bringing these spirits specifically into France. I was, I was uh, trying to uh, think about that question uh, yesterday. And I was looking at, because aside from the, the, the show we'll be doing on the 13th and 14th of March, we're gonna do a, a off for a week, the week before, where we'll be uh, doing uh, animation into a bath on a restaurant in Paris uh, to showcase uh, Japanese liquid into uh, Japanese places, but then as well into French uh, French restaurant on bars who's got some uh, affinity and love uh, about Japan. And then I was looking at this list and I was trying to figure out what will be the perfect example about this to showcase that the link between French culture and Japanese culture will make something which is slightly better than just the two uh, next to each other. And uh, I thought about one, which when you come across it, you don't, you don't think this place is linked to Japan at all. But in fact, it is massively. Uh, Brett's Cafe, do you know this place? They oh. make uh, they make a galette, which is oh the Brett's Cafe, yes, 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 they're very good for their yes, good, great for their galette, yes. So they're extremely well known into making a great galette from Brittany, where they make they make them the way uh, you could find them if you were going deep into the countryside in Brittany and ask for a galette. You got that in Le Marais, and now you've got new places opening in, in, in Paris uh, on, on one specifically, uh, uh, Montorgueil, uh, into the Montorgueil area. But, uh, so the owner of this place is married to a Japanese woman. They open one uh, bread cafe in Tokyo, and every time on into the attention to details, there is uh, a kind of Japanese culture which is feeded into uh, this place. And when they open the restaurant in uh, Montorgueil, they open a side bar in the basement where Robin is a bartender who come from Brittany and moved in Paris to, uh, to, to uh, actually run the bar. And every single of his cocktails got uh, the great pairing between the two cultures of Brittany and Japan. And it's only into this, this bar where you can truly see uh, 
the, the true culture showcase into their places. Even that, in fact, when you go into Brett's Cafe, there is a bit of Japan into it, but you don't sense it that much. But when you go into his bar, you've got this showcase in every drinks he created. And I think that's, that's a great example. That is a very great example and exactly the kind of thing I was looking for. So um, yeah, so I'm very excited about that. Um, now, just kind of as we're wrapping up towards the end of our recording time, I'm going to ask each of you to maybe give one piece of advice to um, any of the listeners out there who are just looking to get started in, in French spirits. Um, you know, just one thing to tell them, like maybe just to keep an open mind or however, whatever kind of advice you want to give them. What would you tell them about getting started and into appreciating them? Uh, first, maybe. You said French spirit. No, no. Oh, I said French spirit. Well, that's because <laughs> that's because I'm not paying attention. Japanese spirits. Yeah. But how would how do people get into those? No, I mean, I would say I think um, to try a lot of different ways to taste the spirits. Um, I mean, if you choose one of them, for example, you can drink it with uh, on ice. You can actually a lot in Japan. They usually drink it as a mizuari, where they add cold water to it or even oyuari, where they add warm water. Um, sake as well can be heated for certain styles. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting because with one bottle, you have multiple different ways of tasting it and enjoying it. And um, I mean, you can do cocktails, food pairings are another thing. So I think just, yeah, give, um, when you're giving a shot to an Asian spirit, think of it also that in, in Japan, they always consume it with meals. They don't usually drink on their own. Um, so, you know, try it a lot of different ways, try it with a lot of different foods. And that's really the way it should be appreciated. And uh, again, that diversity, which is really interesting. Excellent. Eric, do you have a piece of advice for people looking to get into Japanese spirits? For me, I'm going to take the step right opposite to, uh, to Didier. Obviously, <laughs> diversity, diversity is definitely uh, a key to, to uh, appreciate uh, Japanese spirit. But uh, there is one way the Japanese love to consume uh, alcohol on uh, uh, high-proof ABV alcohol is into eyeball, something very easy and simple to do. But uh, it's the key of dilution is if you add ice and uh, soda water, uh, you're gonna open up the flavor and discover uh, the true uh, essence of the spirit. Uh, you will get obviously less alcohol but then the flavor open up and then you can, you can really understand the complexity of uh, some of uh, the Japanese spirit. Eyeball is definitely a, <laughs> a, a great way to test, uh, to test Japanese spirit. Well, it's funny that you say that because my next, uh, my next, not question, but my next uh, thing I was going to say is I was going to invite Didier to give us the cocktail of the month. And I happen to know what he had in mind. So uh, Didier, do you want to share the cocktail of the month? Yeah, I well, actually, you, I, you cocktail, Didi. I'm sorry about that. No, no, no. I'll give it, I'll give it a little twist. No, actually, because my, my wife is Japanese, and what she, the only thing she drinks is basically highballs, um, which is, you know, she uses the Nika from the barrel and uh, ice with sparkling water. I actually bought a soda stream machine just because you know, <laughs> she, she goes, to, we went we're going through so many bottles of Perrier. Um, and so the highball is, like you said, I think the one way to consume it, usually with a meal, because it's light and bubbly. And it kind of replaces beer, actually. She, she moved from beer to the eyeball. And um, for me, it's a little too light. So 
in general, I tend to, if I do drink highball, I'll tend to use ginger ale. So it's more of a whiskey with ginger ale on the rocks, you know, the tall glass. I'm a big uh, fan of, kind of highball. I'm going to put, um, put your recipe, I'll write it down in the show notes. And um, yeah, I think Didier, I think a few years back, I was at an event that you were at, at Fréquence, the bar, and they were doing a highball um, riff with, is it the Sunny Day Nika? And I even picked that as one of the five best cocktails and my five best cocktails of the year right up. So big fan over here of the highball. Um, and with yeah, that, Vanika, Days, uh, Vanika Days was definitely meant for that. And a lot of Japanese whiskeys are really meant to be consumed that way. Yeah, mm. I just... Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, like I said, big fan. So we are really coming up to the end of our, of our half hour. So I'm going to say thank you guys very much for taking the time to, to join and talk to me about the Japanese spirits in France today. Thank you, Forrest. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Forrest. Sure. And also thanks to World Radio Paris for editing and production, to Sun Little for the music we use. And I'll put links to, to the people and the places and, and the products that we talked about in the show notes so you can find them. And as usual, I remind you to please drink responsibly. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.